everybody. Recording live from somewhere. Lord, I'm super techie now. You are super techie now. Yeah, we little by little, man. Little by little. Can we see us in here in case we do anything funny? Yeah. That's yeah, good enough. We could. We could see us. We're good. YouTube sports show. Where would we film it? Anywhere, right here. Anywhere. Yeah. We just we'd do it right here. Yeah, throw I'll come to your house right if you want to do, do it. it. If, you, if that would be easier to come to your house to do the studio. The studio. The problem with that is the kids are like that are going to be jumping around everywhere. My son might actually. I'm afraid to put the green screen up at home because I think he's going to knock it down all the time. Because <laughs> he would. Yeah. Because he knows things. We could green screen him. That's the move. Actually, I've been wanting to do a YouTube you put up channel a YouTube, for my daughter. To put up a YouTube channel with the two of them, and you're going to be a millionaire. Yeah, I know. You won't have to work anymore. Yeah, never. That's the whole plan. God, that's the way I'm to do it. I hope one of them does something. I need to have some kids. That way I could do unboxing videos. And Oh, have you seen like that that Jack kid or Ryan or whatever the kid's name is? No, I haven't. I, I, I'm aware of it, but I haven't seen what they actually do. So he has a seasons of him just trying out toys. And every season, his house gets progressively bigger. Really? Like the house he's unboxing from gets like huge. And now he lives in like a modern mansion in Los Angeles. And now he has his own line of toys. He doesn't even un- he doesn't even unbox anymore. He's got a butler to yeah, do it for Yeah, he, he just makes comments on the toys. God, man. It's crazy. It's crazy it's the, like, the, the ways you can make money and the things people are doing now. The, like in this gig economy. I know the ways that some people are making money in this gig economy. I still don't understand how that's working. How some, how there are people making millions of dollars to unbox videos, and that, but but also at the same time, there are millions of people unboxing the shit out of toys right now, on video and not making anything. Twelve views, and and some of them are unboxing it way better than Ryan or Jacob or whatever his name is. No offense to whoever you no, are. No I offense, know you listen. Ryan, no offense. I know you listen. Go to bed. It's late. We're doing late night right now. Yeah, we're You're doing a late night. At it's uh, ten o'clock on a on a Sunday night. This yep. is like the first. We're gonna have to start a late night show. This is what thirty three looks like. Well, well, this is what Memorial Day weekend at thirty three looks like. This is this is both a step in the right direction for our maturity and development, but also always a step in the wrong direction. Yeah, it's one step forward, like nine it, steps back. I feel like it wasn't too long ago that a Sunday night. Holiday the next day, eleven o'clock at night. I would be trying to get someone over here to my apartment at eleven o'clock at night. That would not be you. <laughs> but here we are. Why not, man? Why not? I, just, I didn't want to ruin. We're didn't want to ruin. Up. We're didn't just growing ruin the up. Is what it is. It's just part of maturing, right? But we're also. But we also still want to bring people <laughs> home at eleven o'clock at night. But the thing is, we're, we're better than that now. We, or we at least we uh, we try to be. But we also just stepped away from our family and loved ones to to do this. Yeah, we we so we it, just found a new way to hurt people. <laughs> <laughs> so is it a step in the right direction? That, kind of. That I've got kind of. nothing going on tomorrow, but still. Was like, all right, Lexi, I gotta call it a night. Why? Because Joe's coming over, yeah. and we're gonna talk about our private parts for and, for two hours. And I hope you'll listen. Yeah, and hopefully you listen. Yeah. Should, can I just stay and listen? No, you gotta download it. Yeah. It's important. <laughs> <laughs> and like it and review it and comment below. Please do yeah, five stars. Saying. 
five stars. You're keeping the lights on in this place. Daddy's got to pay the rent. As they say on YouTube, like and comment below. Yes, please. You have that little, yeah, the little video at the end of the, the the little little things at the end of the video. I tried that. Yeah. I think YouTube's the way to go, man. Actually, not really. I, uh, I try to watch YouTube from like, as I've, I've been recommended a, a decent amount of YouTube channels. But I'm just never in a situation where I can actually just sit down and watch YouTube for 20 minutes. I had one video that I thought was going to do well on YouTube. You took some videos down, haven't you? I took almost all of them down because I, I don't leave them up for long. I have like, three or four videos up there. Uh, I, yeah, all those, the video podcast shows, the sound was so bad, I just took it down. I have one stand-up clip up there that I took down for a while. I just put it back up. I put it up in like three or four days later. It got like 2,000 views. It was the dating a Mexican girl, the Mexican food, candy, all that stuff. But you took that one down. I took it down, but I just put it back up. It got like 2,000 views, and I thought, this thing might roll. And then it stopped there. And then someone sent me, I want to say it was like two or three weeks later, someone sent me a video of like this YouTube douche comic like do like that kind of guy he does like smash cuts of he and it's it's it looks you know you never know but it looks like my bit the candy part of my bit but with with sketch act out like he bought candy and he's sitting in his car eating the candy gum ew, and like cut away like that youtube oh, shit so you were just like oh wait uh, this is 200 200 000 views so I'm like, fuck ever putting a bit on here again because I looked at it days before and when I typed in Mexican food or Mexican candy, my bit was showing up like second. There was like some some informational video or something like that and then I was two. Two weeks later, this dickhead's got a video up. Of, and he's number one. And he's number, and he's, he, yep. And he's got, he's already got a following. I don't, I don't know for sure, but my guess is He's already got a following. Saw the video and oh, I could do something. I he did something, but I can make it cutesy for whatever YouTube is, and and there it is. And I was like, I am, I am not gonna put anything up on here again for. That's a while. the thing. So if you have a lot of followers already, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on YouTube, like whatever, you can just steal people's things, right. and then all of a sudden it's your thing, and everybody stole that from you. That's how fuck Jerry. Yeah, is that what it was? Fuck industry. Jerry. Fuck Jerry's a whole industry from and the that. fat Jew, right? Or is it the fat? Oh, Jew? Oh, that's right. Yeah, the fat Jew. The yeah, fat Jew. Maybe his... maybe not fuck Jerry. I, I think fuck fuck, fuck Jerry. They're also. just aggregators. Yeah. The fat Jew is. It was either the fat Jew or fuck Jerry uh, stole a comic we knows meme and made oh, it their own. For, oh, it was probably... a, uh, for, It was Connor McSpadden. He took. He had a meme about. There was a meme about President Obama when he got into office and when he got out of office. How much older he looked. And Connor made a meme that said something about a drink. Wait, wait, waiting wait for your drink. Waiting for the bartender, waiting to get the bartender's attention. Like it was, a, it was great, and it caught like it caught on. It caught on non-famous viral. Like it got a couple hundred or a couple thousand likes or something like that. And then sure as shit, a little while later, I, he had to post it and and he had to call it out. And then finally, they tagged him on it as being his. But I just read a book on that now that they know it's too late. If you find out that something's plagiarized or you find out something's falsified, by the time they make a correction or retraction, everybody's already on to the next thing. Yeah, it's not it, like, does, it doesn't matter anymore. It's not like anyone's going to go back and look at that meme four days later and go, oh, that was that comedian's. We should book him. It's too late. It's gone. They've used it and squeezed the juice out of it, and now they're on to the next yeah, thing. Yeah, because Sucks. you should have got all those hits. Yeah. You should have got all those likes, all those whatever. 
You should have got him. It's brutal, man. That didn't turn long to go bitter for us. We started. <laughs> <laughs> we started out pretty positive, taking a taking a good turn into positive turn, and we just took a quick left. Yeah, you just took showed me all. Left. You just showed me all your editing and and video producing skills, and we just went. You know, fuck YouTube. And yeah, we're go- we're gonna we're gonna do some editing and some video stuff here soon, though. We have to. Yeah, I'm with that. Uh, I'm with a uh, '90s sports show. Do a little green screen. We really should do. Yeah, I, I think we should just YouTube old. NBA games and pretend like we just watched them. <laughs> we need a working title, but when I was going to do a sports show over Canoodle, and I just wanted to do cool. It was it was only me at the point, but I wanted to do the title was going to be cool sports according to me. So we could do cool sports according to us because I don't want to talk about hockey, unless I'm making fun of it. I don't want to talk about soccer. I'm sure it's cool to some of you, Boydston. Yeah, we can just have Boydston on like once every nine months when hockey's relevant and make him defend hockey while. Yeah, it'll just it be us attacking them for like yeah. an hour about how hockey isn't isn't for us. It's not worth it. It's not an American sport, and it never will be. It shouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, we uh, no, it's not going to happen. My theory on it is there's too much margin for error. You have to be, you can be great by just being good because there's so much error and failure in the sport. Like there's a, a goofy shaped stick, goofy shaped puck. You're on ice and skates. It's it's thick padding. You're only out there for 45 seconds. Like for there to be three scores in a game, it you could say every not everything has to go perfect. There just has to be a whole bunch of mistakes that line up the right way, as opposed to basketball, you, rectangular court, circular ball, rectangular hoop, circular rim. Everything that happens is meant to happen. Yeah. Seven game series. So when teams play each other, whoever's supposed to win, by nature does. Whoever's better does better sports should be like ballet with scoring yeah right like football is like ballet everybody has their place everybody does their thing and if they do that thing right then everybody then they score right same thing with basketball it's very fluid going up and down the court people are kind of shifting bumping each other making sure that they're in the right spots so that they can score and i think there's probably some of that in hockey but the thing is is they they never score no. Even if they're doing things right, it's like, oh, it just means the goalie's doing something right. And the goalie's like, it takes up 90% of the net. So it's like, and I don't, I, why don't you just get a fat goalie? A huge goalie. Yeah. Fat, why can't you just get big, the fat biggest goal. dude you got? And you're yeah. like, all right, if this dude doesn't move, you have or, to be like a real hot shot. To or get just put a regular size goalie in gigantic pads. Yeah. Not, well, I think, I think they have regulation size pads. Oh. I think that's Then the just thing. super fat goalie. Yeah. Just they're super out fat there. guy. Yeah. I know a few of them. I know a few guys who could be making millions in the NHL right now. That would be perfect. I'm sure there's reasons, and I'm sure we're going to hear it from Boydston or somebody else, any real hockey fan. I'm yeah. sure there's reasons for it, but I to me it doesn't Boydston make sense. to come on this podcast and defend hockey. We'll just turn a whole episode into it. <laughs> There'll be 90 jokes later before you can even, That's discuss, true, before yeah. you can even discuss hockey at That's all. true. But yeah, we, we should do a sports thing. I think that, that should be a thing. That's That'll be a thing. Yeah, it'll be a thing. What, we'll get the green screen out and... And uh, get people to like and subscribe. Deal. How was your Memorial Day weekend? What'd you do? You know, it's been pretty uneventful, which is actually exactly what I need right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I haven't had a good night's sleep in, geez, months, maybe. Just in general. Just From like, putting all the stuff together or just? No, just in, uh, the, the kids' life. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, my daughter crawls into bed at like 2 a.m. every oh, night. Oh, you're, you're in that stage now? Yeah, and sleeps right on so top of my even, legs. You can't even make another one yeah, right now. We can't. We can't do anything right now. It's just they're, they're nuts. But what I will say is it's been a pretty relaxing weekend, and I almost – it's like 
three days off is like that cut off where you're like, okay, I can actually go out of town. I can do something. Right. Um, or you can choose to write. You can choose to go to a coffee shop. You can choose to do something and then spend the extra time with, you know, your family doing whatever it is you want to do. And that's the route I took. I actually did some writing this oh, weekend. Wow. You did better than me. What'd you do? I think I actually have like ADHD or something like that because I intended it between the time that Lexi left here and you came over, which has been about three hours now, I intended to do a little bit of writing, uh, do a little bit of reading. I got some new books in, but... Do you read more than one book at a time? Uh, I've started to because I get distracted and I'll quit. So I can only get like 20 pages in on a book before I, I kind of get worn out and I'm done in any given sitting. It's like flipping the channels for books. So You're so just I've, like yeah. bringing them in. So I've started reading two or three at a time or I can, I'll try to read one that I can just pour right through that's just simple stuff. Um, I'll read one that's a little bit thicker material and then maybe throw an additional one in so I can bounce off of each other i don't remember the last time i read a book <laughs> <laughs> i but i actually I, I was thinking about that today i was like i really gotta i, I feel like i'm missing out because the written word is just so you know i appreciate that Sometimes i was so hope, busy i didn't mean to laugh it, it, no, it's it fine. cut off it's whatever fine. What it's okay you, it's what, okay <laughs> what were you gonna say the written word is so what it like it like i need something because i'm on my phone a lot or yeah. i'll be making videos or i'll be like whatever um and i feel like reading a book forces you to kind of stay stacked stay away from it yeah and just put that stuff away and just sit for a while for a little bit and really not necessarily ga gather your thoughts but i think within reading kind of you can spawn creativity because you're just generally like picturing what these characters look like right if it's like yeah. like if it's uh like something fiction and i mean i don't read fiction i'm more of like a like reading real stuff keep it real but uh it's something there's something common about it that i just need to get back into yeah well if it makes you feel any better i'll tell you what i actually did for the last two hours what'd you do you got here looked up nba players hand sizes <laughs> oh and measure and see, that doesn't even sound weird to me like i'm like yeah well, i want to know well everyone kept talking about how big Kawhi leonard's hands are and they are they're the size, I think they're the size of someone who's like seven foot five or seven foot seven or something like that. His hands are nine or just under 10 inches in length and then like 11 and a half inches or 11 or 11 and a half like inches in out. width. And you do width from tip of the pinky to tip of the thumb. And in the comedy group, the guys make fun of me for having unusually sized hands for my height, goofy alien hands. So I was looking up, like I looked up Kawhi Leonard and I'm like, well, who else has, he's got the second biggest hands in the league besides that Boban guy. Oh, he was actually in John Wick. Really? Yeah, he's he's in the, he's in. Spoiler alert, he's in John Wick. Yeah, he's in John Wick. Rajon Rondo has very big hands. He's got the hands of a seven foot four person. He's got nine and a half length hands. Okay. And so I'm looking this shit up and I'm like, well, where does my hand measure up? Compared so, to everybody else. So right? I measured my hand uh, and it's about the size my hand is slightly larger than anthony davis's hands of the new orleans pelicans what no kidding <laughs> yeah he's got small hands for an nba player he's got notoriously small hands for an nba player his are about eight and a half inches long and i think nine and a half inches wide i might have that wrong it might be nine and a half inches long 
eight and a half inches wide. But that's a good that that's a good uh that's a good player to call out because you think of Anthony Davis. He's like what, almost seven foot. I think he is seven foot, yeah. And Jeez. he's got small hands for an NBA player. So they say he can barely palm a basketball, or you might not even be able to palm a basketball because the width of his hands is very small. It's only like eight and a half inches. So my hand length is just over eight and a half inches, and then width is is about ten, a little over ten. You got to start hooping. I got to start hooping. I got to get out Actually, there. Actually, there's a basketball out there right right there right now. Right there. On, on your table. Is, is it, that what you were doing? Is it, that's <laughs> all I was doing. I was rubbing my... I was rubbing my balls while you were on your way over here. Alex Smith, uh, the quarterback, the old quarterback for the 49ers, actually has really small hands for a quarterback. Hmm. And that's one of the reasons why he, like a lot of people, didn't want to draft him. He ended up going number one. But it's Alex one Smith of the did. reasons why they say he can't throw the deep ball. Because <laughs> he has small hands. Because he has smaller hands. Interesting. Yeah. The more you know. The more you know, man. The more you know. So, yeah, uh, this weekend's been chill. It's okay. been it's been nice, man. I'm, I'm I'm not ready to go back to work, but I'm ready to be productive. That's for sure. That's the dangerous part of a holiday weekend is it makes you realize over four days how awesome not work is. And then you got to go back and you have a lot of time to catch up on. And it's going to be every instinct in my body is going to want to make this thing mail it in Tuesdays. But are gonna have to you're gonna have to bring it even more than you normally do. Yeah, because you only you only have eighty percent of the week left. Yeah, to and get, for, get to get the same amount but of work done. All I'm gonna want to do is look up NBA players whose hands might be bigger. Are huge. <laughs> I love those internet rabbit holes. Like I, I think that's one of my favorite things, and actually gets me in trouble because I'll stay up really late just yeah re- looking up ridiculous things. It's like, a great one to go down. Hand size, a great one to go down. I do. Uh, one of the ones I went down recently is looking up old backup quarterbacks and where they are now. Ooh, that'd be like a good one. just like guys I just randomly remember, and it's like, hey, what happened to uh, Tom Brandstater? And like, I'll it's a you, guy who was only in the league for two years. I'll bet you sixty percent own car lots now. Is that would that be? He's actually like a financial. That's uh, the other like one. A, like a financial advisor or something He's like doing that. that. Cooper yeah. Manning. Yeah, it's like one of those things where yeah. it's like, ah, uh, you're. But like, if you ever make it to the NFL, if you make it to any any sport, right, you you're gonna have success after that. Chances yeah. are, unless you, it goes one of two ways: you either make so so much money and you blow it all, uh, or you're smart enough to put a little bit away and just you know, even if you're only in the league two years, you can still put away about a million dollars if yeah. you're smart with it. It's a good head start, a much better head start than. We have. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll take a couple million dollars for sure. Um, I'll tell you what I did this weekend. I don't know if you were, know where I was yesterday. No, where were you? You were oddly silent yesterday, so I was wondering. I was I was silent not even by my choice yesterday. I was outside of town, about an hour outside of town, uh, on a ranch where you get no cell phone service. I was at fellow comedian and, and good friend Patrick Hopkins' wedding. Oh, he got married on a ranch. He got married on a ranch yesterday. It was uh, attached to it. Like, there's a shooting range. and <laughs> <laughs> Of course. Of course. There's a shooting range, and his new his bride's parents live have a home down at the bottom of the shooting range down there. And it was way out at the end of town. Like, no service. I got lost and ran out of gas on Friday at the, the reception or the, the rehearsal. Lexi had to bring gasoline out to me. So oh, she like you so literally ran home. out of gas. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Like the car stopped. I had enough gas to get there. I didn't have enough gas to get out. So she was, there was no way for me to get home without, and, and I was uh, 20. And nobody there had any gas? 23 like miles. I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. Okay. I was already 15 minutes late because I got lost. I don't want to be like, hey, do you also have three gallons of gas so I can get <laughs> home? So she was nice enough to <laughs> bring it out. Is there me. a that guy? You know, guy that shows up late and then needs three gallons of gas. That's the thing. It's about, a very specific guy. I know. It's it's the thing about being neurotic is that's all I could think. Most people would probably just go, hey, does anyone have gas? And someone would go, oh, yeah, sure. This happens all the time. But me, I'm thinking like, oh, God, they already know me as the comedy friend. Uh, half the family just went to see me, see us at Rocket Shop, and they saw how I was there, so they're already expecting me to be an idiot. I'd like to be an adult. All of a sudden, I'm going to show up 20 minutes late to the rehearsal now and be out of gas. This is a nightmare. There's there's definitely like this really weird uh, line where you want people to know you're a comedian, uh, but you also don't only want people to know that you're a comedian, Yeah, if that makes sense. Yep. like you You're just not at the level of fame where it's like, Oh, that's Chris Flell, or oh, that's whomever. You're just the guy that does comedy that shows up to things, and it's like Patrick is Patrick's family. They've seen you on stage once or twice, right? And then it's like, oh, it's that guy from stage. I've been not invited to weddings and stuff like that because they thought I was going to be different than I can't. They thought I would be too. It was either either because of that or because I'm not religious. I've gotten I've gotten both, which I. You know, I understand if you don't want a heathen in your church, <laughs> but I'm not worried where I'm going, so I'll do all the festivities, all the pe- we got into, they're all religious at this wedding, so I was I was in the wedding, I was a groomsman. Yeah, I remember you saying so that. So we got together, we're in a circle, and the, the pastor was doing, he was very nice and respectful, Was by it the like way. a really religious wedding? Like, no. Like, there was a lot of, like, traditional, like, no. I, don't, I don't know what would they're, be traditional, but I mean, like... Getting on your knees and like I don't I don't know no I don't know what Bo- they do with those things. Both sides are very religious uh, families, but it wasn't a very like a very religious wedding. And like I said, everyone was real respectful. Like the pastor uh, got us together, the groomsmen and the and the groom before the wedding, and he he went to all of us and said, "Do you have a Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? I don't want to offend you. I don't want to this and that." And he got to me, and I just said, "Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'll do it." We're I'm, all right. Yeah. I don't care. I'm I'm not worried about where I'm going. I'll lie all day on yeah. this thing. I, do you <laughs> have a personal relationship with Jesus? Christ? I do not. We broke up when I was about 15. I I decided that to as soon as yeah. I got my I was raised Catholic, and I got my middle name, and I bounced, and was never. I was always kind of disengaged on it. That's a, it's probably a long story for another day. I was always kind of disengaged on it, and then I turned turned 14 or 15 got my middle name and i was out and then and then was just re- really out see i have some uh some bits that are centered about religion mm. and i always get really weird telling them how come uh i just I, there's no way to talk about religion and doing comedy without ma- without somebody feeling like you you've offended them and that's just not generally what i want to do with my comedy but for right. like, i can kind of feel the room and, well, seize up a little bit depending on what your which what the bit is like if it's a really quick one they'll they'll hang in there but uh there's been a couple of them where i've had to really sit down with them reword them because there's these little these little just seconds of like a you know it's just like it, all in the wording like if if i if i'm careful with that i, I can get away with it but i feel weird uh having some of that in my in my set 
it's tough to achieve nuance when you go to religion too. It's hard to not have. It's just like airplane jokes. It's yeah. You can do it, but it's going to be tough to to take a different angle. Yeah. Because, what's your angle? What's your angle? Because it's this? always it always kind of funnels to the standard. It's because not a whole lot of people know it in depth enough for it to for you to really dig in there. So I never really do the thing like that anyway. Yeah, but I, I, I've felt it a couple of times where it gets weird. That's like my ass. Like, do you have a relationship with you? I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I no. I yeah. No relationship with Christ. Okay. And so the, and so they asked you that, and then what happened? Uh, then we just got together, and the pastor he's like, "Well, I'm just gonna say a prayer and." You know, as we go, we go around in a circle and just whatever you feel, you say. And he said a, a nice prayer and all that. And then it went to the best man, who was the brother. And the brother said something nice. And then it went to another one of these groomsmen. And this kid's neat. I've met this kid before. And he just turned into like a, I don't he turned into like a reverend that you see like on Saturday, Sunday oh, mornings. Man. I don't know. I don't know. He must have caught the Holy Ghost or something. He's just kind of he's this real nice kid. He kind of looks like a young Jack Black, and he just went like he just went black church on this thing, and he's like, yeah, I just picture you two in a boat, and he's get this boat, uh, Jesus, get this boat to safety, and I, I'm trying not to, and then it came to me, and I was just like, thank you for letting me be a part, be a part of this. You should have done one of my bits, yeah. done one of my religion bits. <laughs> yeah. And then this guy asked if uh, that's all the faith he had. I wanted to go full Joel Osteen, but I just figured I'd save it. I always feel really uh, odd around people who are really into religion because I definitely respect the fact that they mm -hmm. believe in something. I think whatever brings meaning to your life, like, go for it. I just feel, yeah, exactly. Like, I do podcasts. Who am I to judge you right. for doing something for one hour on a Sunday? I'm doing this four hours a week, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I get kind of, like, I... I just seize up a little bit. Like, I don't know what how to communicate to, to those people. <laughs> I don't know if I should call them those people, but I mean, I just, you know, I try to ex be accepting of everybody. I just don't know how to do that. Well, here's the other part is I, I go to the wedding and I'm, I've got to get there four hours before the wedding starts, three, four hours to do pictures as being part of the wedding. And was it w raining? No, it wasn't oh, raining. Okay. It stayed nice, but I don't know anybody in the wedding party i don't know them know them i know my buddy patrick but he's gonna be busy the whole time yeah he's busy getting married and you know i'm either really strong rapport with somebody really deep talk connection with somebody or it's gonna be tough to do more than 30 seconds so yeah. like, i want to be a good groomsman what do i what am i what am i gonna do here so i just decided to turn back the clock and be ratchet schuylkill county chris for the and what i did <laughs> was i i knew they wouldn't have booze before the wedding like any other wedding i've been a part of is back home so we just get hammered did you bring your own like when i when i was in my brother's wedding we started drinking at seven or eight in the morning yeah that's what and you do no one that's right no one got disrespectful but we were all in the in the spirit and kind of loosened up by the time yeah the just ceremony. enough just enough just enough I knew they wouldn't have anything, and I didn't want to be the person to be like, hey, can we fire up some something so that I can talk to all of you and yeah. not feel awkward? So what I did was, on my way out, I, I, filled, I filled jugs of Gatorade with ice, and I bought a bottle of Kettle One and a bottle of soda. And I waited until I got to the, because I didn't want it to melt, so I waited till I got to the range, about a 45-minute drive to get to the shooting range. 
um, and I, I parked off to the side, and I made two Gatorade bottle kits filled with vodka and soda, Sprite, drove down to, like, the corner where I was out, uh, out of where we were supposed to get dressed and just got waffled in my car i got by yourself i got trashed in my car this is this is 2 30 in the afternoon and i'm i'm you're blitzed. blitzed i'm fucking hammered and 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 then i look and the pastor's like two cars down from me so i'm trying to hide it from him and i in a, in the span of a half an hour i get myself pretty good and then I've got a little bit of the second bottle left, maybe about half of it left, and I sneak it up the road into the place. And I said, Patrick, I don't. I think he was looking at me disappointed, like, "Oh, you got to do this today." But I, I what I know is, trust me, things are going to be much better off. Yeah. If, I, if you, you want this version, no one else is going to know I'm drunk. I'm going to keep it together. I'm going to keep myself in line, but I'm going to be drunk for the next three or four hours. And what I did was, I pounded these, so I got good and buzzed. And then I didn't touch another drop for the rest of the night because his wedding was going to be at 6. So I'm hammered at 2.45. And you just let it ride. I just let it ride. By the time the ceremony hit, I'm sober go. as a judge again. Yeah, it worked you... out, and I haven't drank in a long time. That's what I was going to say. I've known you for five, six years. I don't think I've ever seen you drink. Yeah, I, I barely I barely ever drink. But this time I was like, I need it today. It's going down. And I, I didn't know if I could dust off the boots and do it right. It it went seamlessly, just just perfectly worked out. I, I got to mix it up and mingle with the family. And you calculated it perfectly. And so it just, by 6 o'clock, you were good to go. Wedding happens. Wedding is beautiful. Uh, oh, and another thing I realized is weddings, like what we do, like I'm not into holidays and part like for me like a birthday party like yeah i'm not really yeah. into it um i it'll i'll probably have to work myself up to the wedding someday if i've got like a graduation i'm not big on going out to dinner and everyone be like hey, it's the congratulations guy having a party and i think it's because i'm not geared that way i like doing it in stand-up the way we do where we you work your way up to your skills, get good enough that someone asks you to let headline a show, and then a room fills to watch a comedy show that you get to close out, and you get up. And But I realized if you don't do something like that and don't have a pursuit that way, these more standard, generalized, kind of benign parts of life, the birthday, the work anniversary, that is their stand-up. Yeah. And I'm watching it going, oh, this is your guys' show. Like, I'm watching the dad gets up to give the speech during the reception. Is like, oh, when I first met Patrick, I, you know, oh, I man. didn't know. And, it, and everyone's like, oh, you suck. You oh, Come on. And I'm realizing, like, this is, this is what we do all the time. This is their shot at it. So it was interesting to watch them in that environment when we're so – that's so much our wheelhouse. Yeah. And little mundane moments like that really don't mean much to... We sit in the back of the room during those and, and, and just <laughs> roll our eyes. And text each other about how... Best part of the wedding when you go to a comic's wedding is is I got there and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't want to ask, but I was like, what other comics are coming to this thing? 
or any other. Were other comics going? A few did. Who one showed you up? Get, uh, uh, one, two, three. I'll give you. There three showed up. Can I guess who they were? I want you to guess who they were. Okay. I so guess most people won't know who these are, but I'll just give you a shot. Yeah. To guess. So, I, so I won't take a ton of guess. I'll take exactly three. Three, three guesses. Guess, uh, Four guesses. Sorry. Yeah. I am gonna guess Richard Estrada. Okay. I'm gonna guess. I'm trying to think of who was around the same time. Well, I wouldn't put was... too much into it. Okay. So <laughs> it's, uh, there's no prize. Or All anything. right. So I'm going to say Richard. <laughs> I'm going to say Eddie. And I'm going to say uh, Brian Parks. No. None. Daniel Betts. Okay. Was there with Lindsay. Uh, John Hacker. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, that's interesting. Alex Valencia, I really don't know how that happened. Yeah, he's okay. Uh, Trevor Dustin, I think they played Dungeons and Dragons together. Which, how funny is that? That's actually a pretty solid group. We I mean, like the the newer comics. Whoever's involved in Dungeons and Dragons, like we started. I started doing comedy with. Tre- he was doing comedy a year or two before I started, but we all started at Martinis together. But he hasn't done comedy in like two years. He's out of the world. The new comics. If they know Trevor, they know him through Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, so, so they don't even know him through. They might. They might know that he did it or has done it or like Moonlight. But it's it's interesting. It was such a solid table, and I had to back away a couple times. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous. I wasn't invited to no. go to the. I mean, wo- I don't really have a relationship with Patrick though. So should have faked one, gotten into that table. Because I had to go to the wedding party table for some parts of it, but then I'd get to pop over and moonlight at that table. And, oh, man, it was like a it was like a life. Just to hear at such a wholesome event the horribleness that was being discussed at, at that, that table. Just so, so freely. I walked over at one point between that we got pictures taken and right as the reception was about to really kick off, I go over to the table and Alex Valencia told us a story about how he got kicked out of his strip club. The, actually, he talked about the thing he did that should have gotten him kicked out of a strip club. And I won't go into detail, but I'll just say that he wore let's he wore mesh shorts into a strip club with no, no underwear and got a lap dance. And you can imagine it. Uh, use your imagination to to decide how choose your own adventure on how that thing. It ended exactly how the, you. Your worst nightmares would yeah, take it away. Exactly. And that didn't get him kicked out. <laughs> he got kicked He's out. He's talked about that event. He got multiple kicked out, times. I think, for filming one of the dancers and put it on Facebook or something like that. Jeez. So but anyway, he's telling the story and the tables, I mean, we're at this table. I'm hitting elbows with a girl at the table next to us, and it's this whole wholesome oh, So everybody con- can hear country life religious family and uh, yeah, and we're just Flaming arrows across the bow at these people. It was hilarious. See, I would have had a good time because I enjoy hanging out with comics. And it's... Such a good time. Yeah, it's such a good time. But also that's... Like, if you go to Rocket Shop, I want to be outside hanging out with everybody. But I know that you kind of are needed in the room. Yeah. But if I've given the opportunity to just hang out with comics, sit in a table, joke without the... You know the show portion of it, like I'm all for it it's because it's like that's the part I'm missing at open mic night. Yeah, and we're the we're the 
broken toys at any given like like i said they had wine at the reception but people were just having like a glass you looked at our table there were like three or four flasks i had just drank a half a bottle of vodka to, to even start the day alex is a walking weed pharmacy at any given we, we're a we're, i'm surprised you didn't pull up we were a, a mess and it was starts on his pot oh there god it was the best oh, I'm, kinda, the, I'm kinda sad i didn't get to go now i know it's just a good safety valve to have a couple if if comics weren't there i don't know what i would have done i don't know if i would have made it to the end of the night that's a pretty solid weekend though so it was far good. at least right yeah so you got yeah. no no writing this weekend i haven't done any writing yet i plan to do some tomorrow though See, that was actually the tamest wedding i've gone to really in the spirit of the bomb diaries, I've been to some crazy weddings. Have you? Yeah. I mean, Mexican wedding. Have you been to a Mexican wedding? Have you had the opportunity to go to a Mexican wedding yet? I don't think I have. So I'll, I'll put it this way. I don't way. know how we, I've we've avoided been, it. We've been talking about planning a wedding. And for those of you guys that don't know, I've had a fiance for longer than we've dated. Like we've, She's been my fiance for going on three, four years already. And... Uh, Actually, we were talking about this on the right over here. I we're just kind of at the point where it's like I don't see the reason to throw a lot of money at a wedding. <laughs> yeah. You got two kids. Yeah, we have two kids. Like she's let's already, just do something. She's small already and get got it over. your money tied up if if it ever goes. Yeah, astray. so it's like hey, she owns uh, your ass. It, it would be more irresponsible for us to throw a lot of money at a wedding. So we're thinking about fifty people. So this is how hardcore this stuff gets. So 50 people, right? Mm, this is where our friendship ends. 50 is small. <laughs> <laughs> we told my aunt that we're going to do 50 people. And she was like, well, how are you going to cut them down? And we're like, well, You're we're out. just going to decide on 50. <laughs> well, the thing that happened was she's like, what if I don't make the cut? And Marisa said, I don't know if you will. <laughs> Oh shit! Is this and your she end? got offended. Yeah, she oh, got offended and snap. left. <laughs> but I stand by my fiance. I don't know if she's gonna make the cut. That was a very honest answer. Yeah. Uh, but the thing with Mexican weddings is they're built for volume, right? Right. Food is like beans, rice, some kind of really cheap meat, and you're gonna feed as much people that sh- as many people that show up to your wedding. And that could be anywhere between 100 to 350 people. Okay. Because you're going to invite your aunt. So if I invited that aunt, that aunt is going to want to invite her boyfriend, her three friends, and just a couple randoms, right? So out of one invitation, you got six people coming. Six plates. And I don't even want the one there, right? <laughs> like, so why am I getting all these? Why, it's not a bringer you don't need show. Hang, you don't, yeah, she, yeah, it's an not entourage. a bringer show. This isn't the money team that and I'm so inviting. What happens is most Mexican weddings end up being kind of low quality for the sake of quantity. Okay. So you're eating beans and rice and like a really crappy meal. But you can eat it all day. But you're doing it with 500 people. Yeah. And it's fun and the music's always great. But I would rather, sp- if I'm going to spend... Is the music always great? Oh. Bow, 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 bow. Drink that that same amount of Kettle One vodka. Yeah. And, and then listen oh, to that. God. Just I tell know. me you're not... Tell me that music just doesn't hit your soul. That's true. But I know I, I, the pressure is on me. See, the pressure... When I go to the wedding, I could dance. I, I could do okay. But I know Lexi's going to want to dance to 100 cumbia songs and I know that a good portion of the room 
is just dying to, to see, see you dance. To see me dance yeah. like a white guy. Like they want to they want to point out that you don't know how to they dance. They want to point out the gre- yeah. So if if I even if I do a perfect job, if I just slip one half step, someone's gonna point and laugh. And I don't want it. And you don't want to dance too good either. That's right. Because they're gonna be like, well, this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this guy's showing off. Mm-hmm. So there's no winning. That's we, the thing with Hispanic I've culture. There's no yeah. winning with Not Hispanic at culture at all. Yeah. See, it's lose lose. It's gonna have a bunch Even of cousins. Even when you win, you lose. Yeah. Ice grilling me from the side. Yeah. So it's like we were th- we were talking about this wedding thing, and it's like, how do you how do you make those cuts? But also, if I'm gonna spend eight thousand dollars feeding people. Uh. I would rather spend all the same amount of money feeding people I care about, <laughs> giving them a better experience yeah. than giving everybody a crappy experience for right. the sake of volume. Makes so sense. it's like I would rather pay 28 to $40 a plate right. than $6 a plate because I'm doing it in volume, right? Can't so it's like that. but for Hispanics, like it's something that it's just kind of like, oh, you're going to get married. Like, we're going to have tons and tons of people there. And it's, you know, I'm one of those people where I'm like, eh. Not going to do My deal it. is if I haven't texted you in three months, you're not invited. Going to have the wedding in the backyard. If you can fit, you're in. You're in, yeah. If you can't, and you're out. I've done a lot of backyard weddings. So do you think you'll have a wedding soon? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I, I, we're thinking about January, February Stay next tuned, year, depending listeners. On, depending on when this airs. To see if I make the cut or if this is Joe's last appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, ladies. I'm off the... Uh, off the market. Uh, I'm off the market. Crazy wedding stories. You said you had some. Every Hispanic wedding has... It's the beginning of something, and it's the end of a few things I can add, as well. Uh, give me something I can add to my bit that old YouTube douche can add to his skit. Oh, I know. So I've legitimately had, it's been like somebody's wedding has been the center for like somebody else's divorce. Oh, okay. You know, like it's yeah. like they somebody ends up drinking too much, saying something they shouldn't. I've seen literal physical fights at weddings. Like I've seen chairs thrown at weddings i was in a wedding that ended in a riot last year oh that's see that sounds like a mexican wedding uh tell me yours if you have it if you have something to elaborate on or otherwise i'd be glad to tell you so a majority of the weddings i went to that i that i can remember at least because i have a lot of my cousins who've gotten married they've been kind of like me like uh we're just gonna go down to the courthouse get a paper and see how that goes right that's Um, what i'm talking about but growing up these weddings were always at ranches. Great way to weed people out, by the way. Destination wedding. Yeah. Actually, we've we've thought about that. I'll talk to you about it off the podcast. <laughs> um, but I remember vividly going to a wedding when I was probably nine, ten years old. And there's a square uh, dance floor. And then there's ta- there's chairs just around, no tables, just chairs. Like you're just gonna watch people dance. Yeah, and <laughs> like a lumberjack yeah. match. <laughs> yeah, it walks looks like off, it, someone walks off the floor. Uh, you push him back. Imagine on. like when when Hulk Hogan body slammed Andre the Giant in 1988. Now <laughs> now <laughs> remove the squared circle and add a squared circle. That's essentially what you have. That's your dance floor. Um, but I remember being like nine or ten, and. It was a wedding in Arvin, which is a town just outside of Bakersfield. And there was like a gang fight. Mm-hmm. And I remember a chair flying right at my face. And I it, I mean, it missed. 
but I remember it just going right through. I remember my mom picking me up and being like, we're getting out of here. We're getting out of here. Picked up my mom. I Smart. picked up my brother myself and just got us the hell out of there. But it's like weddings for us are like this lawless <laughs> event where <laughs> people are drinking too much. They're probably doing drugs. And you you have such like when we if my aunt invites five people and every aunt is doing that or every uncle's doing that and then people friends are showing up and they're typically in towns so like in Arvin there's a ton of wedding crashing that happens oh because how do you, at how what point you? can you even tell who's who right. right like or who's invited who's not invited People just show up and they're like, "Oh, it's a party!" Yeah, and eat your food and hey, hang out. Your uncle said he's here. What's he look like? Eh, about five seven. Yeah. Nice hair, <laughs> <laughs> cowboy boots, tight jeans. It's like thirty people here. <laughs> yeah, so big belt buckle with his name on it. Right, uh, belly and a button up yeah, shirt. Yeah, so it's it's like just stuff like that, man. All the weddings are just straight wild. Okay, but what do you got? I went home. I was in a wedding. One of my best childhood friends he's always been a wild guy i've always been his calm friend uh he's he's got even wilder friends so i go home to be in this wedding he, and he he met this girl that he fell in love with and she's calmed him down immensely slowed him down but take but it's a wedding yeah he he lived like from a scale of one to ten he lived it on dial of like 15 and he met a girl that he fell in love with that calmed him down, but he's still at an eight or nine. He's still h- higher than the average. And there's still a couple buddies in there that are 13s, and he's got a 17 or 18 around too. So this is going to be a wedding of, we already know it's going to be kind of str- madness. And the the wife, her family is very like sweet, conservative, so it's going to be world's Yeah, it's, it's like when you're two friends that uh, you don't want to meet, meet. And so already off to a bad start because i like i love where i'm from and i love the like just the gristle of where i'm and the bluntness of where i'm from and as i've moved further west with time it's kind of rounded out in me a little bit it'll come back in shades but i'm not as forward as i used to be i'm not as boorish as i used to be I'm not as oh, you've been sanded down a little bit. Been sanded down a little bit because I've been alar- I've seen myself be alarming to people that have no context for where I'm from. So it's got to <laughs> scale back a little bit. And so I go home. We're at the re- we're at the rehearsal at the church, and I walk in and and the bride to be tells me who I'll be escorting. It's this girl. She's real nice, real sweet, real pretty girl. Um, like she. Or, she's in the wedding and one of the guys in the wedding party who's still a little bit more like home towny walks in and goes like see who i'm working walking with and all this and he goes who's who's uh she walking with and they go chris and and this guy goes oh chris is gonna fuck her (laughs) and now and i wasn't gonna try to how many people were in the room when he said the whole church is in here Oh jeez. The whole wedding parties and but now like everyone's looking at me like, like you're a heathen. Oh, you drove flew all the way out here to bang a <laughs> bridesmaid. I'm like, no. And now I'm trying to I'm trying to get her attention to be like, hey, I'm not gonna but now it just looks like me like laying it on thick of like, hey, yeah, hey. I'm not like those other guys. Totally She's like, not what look I'm here at for. You, look at you and listen and listen to you. You are like those other guys. Oh. You've never been more like those other so I just stayed 
my distance. That was the rehearsal. And then we went out and we went out and got trashed the night before. And then the next day, I think we started drinking at like eight or nine a.m. Big cooler on the side of the house. Um, took uh, so we're we're already getting pretty crushed by the time we get to the church. And then we get to the church, and we're in the back, ready to get set up in the priest or pastor's room. He's got like a little office in the back, and someone. He's got a bathroom there. Someone sneaks into in the bathroom. They had a refrigerator. And in the refrigerator is where all the sacrament wine was. My oh. buddy, one of my buddies in the wedding party, finds it. Gives us all a swig of it. We take some of the sacrament wine. Then we look and there's this big vat. I'm like, what the fuck is that? It's holy water. So Did you all, guys drink the holy water? We all water? decide we're going to do a shot of holy water. So we did oh. <laughs> We did a shot of holy water in the and back. This was of the last trip. year, uh, one or two years ago. Okay, turns out holy water is is not sanitized. So I was I just something didn't agree with. Me. I was having like a splitting headache. Or so, like it it was not good water. Anyway, we're it's probably from a river. We're now in the wedding, and one of the people in the in the groom's party is sending text messages to everyone in the wedding party of him drinking the wine so that everybody could see it. And he's like yelling out during the ceremony. It's just, it's like old school. Like it's people, ye he, guys yelling out during the ceremony. It's insanity. That's the, this is maybe two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> the day's just getting started. It's just, we're just yeah. rolling. We haven't even gotten to the reception part yet. So we get there and one of the guys next to me cursing up a storm and the the now wife's mother was like guys and she's like oh sorry about that sorry about that and the mom goes just keep it down and stop cursing and he, and he goes i'm gonna be honest with you honey that's not gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> so and he goes, called her honey i'm gonna be honest with you honey that ain't gonna happen <laughs> that happened uh, and then some of the more some of the more nefarious friends begin showing up, and when they show up, people some of the people who were already at the wedding just begin they're going away behind the eyes. Like I walk in, and one of the family members of the groom, who I won't mention, I walk into the restroom, and he's balls ass naked in the restroom of the wedding reception, balls ass naked, and he's got. Uh, he's got a whole outfit on the floor. And Why would he get balls naked? Uh, but then he's got a whole other entire outfit over the stall. So he's got two outfits. He's wearing neither. None of them. them. Just just balls out because I think I think he was like taking. I don't know what he's doing. He's like taking painkillers or something like. That. He just got fresh. <laughs> he just felt fresh, so he's airing it out for a little while. So finally, he got dressed and came out. All kinds of arguments starting. All kinds of disputes starting. I called, there's no Uber, so I called a taxi. They don't have Uber? No. They had one Uber driver in this whole area, and it was like 45. So I, I, no, they didn't even have Uber then. I called a taxi, and the taxi took me to my buddy's house so I could get my car and, and so that I could go to the hotel without going to this house in case they went there after the wedding to, you know, whatever they were going to do. So I get my car and I get back to the wedding reception and I walk in and I see one of my buddies and I go, hey, what I miss? And the guy goes, Pfft. 
someone took all the Adderall, so in case we, unless we can't find more, it's going to be a short night for me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, sh- I don't belong here anymore. Like I, this night for me ended. You felt like I am no longer I, any longer. I spend at this wedding, I'm going to be ruining everyone's time. And also, the longer I stay at this wedding, the more danger of being arrested I'll be in. So I went and found my buddy and gave him a big hug and, you know, did the whole sentimental thing. And then I split. And then there was this there was this girl there who we were. The bridesmaid? Catch- no, no, no. She wasn't. Yeah, she, <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, no, she was her, my bridesmaid. Her husband she was, was bride- at the reception. Okay. So, oh, uh, of course, geez. Why would her husband be? and child were at the reception and, you know, and. This girl who I was catching up with, who I've known forever, she was at the wedding too. And I like I didn't even say goodbye to her. I just skipped out and went to the hotel. And I'm not lying to you. 30 minutes later, maybe 45 minutes later, I get a text from her and says, you missed it, dot, dot, dot. And I wrote, what happened? And I think she called me and I picked up the phone and she said, about 15 minutes after you left, a scuffle broke out in the lobby area and a guy punched one of the girls whoa in the face or like pushed her or hit her or like either punched her or hit her or looked like he punched her something was going on like one of them one of the more wild quote wild children on the 15 like the quote wild child on the bride side again is maybe it on the dial of wildness maybe a six we got, like I said, we got 20s and 25s yeah, on us. Yeah, you guys are averaging about 16. So one of the, yeah, it's number six on the dial, which is the wild child of that family, was getting into it with somebody, and it looked like someone from the groom's side, one of the men, hit her. I don't know if he did or not, but the groom, my buddy, who doesn't stand for that shit, one or two of the other groomsmen, and then a whole bunch of other people. The groom ran and jumped over the pile after this guy because he thought he hit her, and then it just turned out into an all-out melee from what I heard. Like, it was just riot, all tuxedos torn to pieces, blood just scrapping all over the place. The fight ends, again, to protect the guilty. I won't mention specifics. A family member of the groom, it ends with him taking his son into a headlock and like they got into a fight and it was like punching his son. Punching his own son. Punching his own son. They were like scrapping in the parking lot. As he was punching him, they fell into a van that was like the drunk bus that was supposed to take people home and did a couple hundred or a couple whatever damage to the drunk bus and the drunk bus was in the guy's son's name. So he put him in a headlock and started punching the guy, tackled him into this van and dented it, and the kid who he tackled had to pay for the damage to the van. Jeez, you guys are like the Mexican people of... You guys are like the Mexican version of white people back that's, where you're from. That's really... We are something else. Only like only like way more... Uh, you guys are pumping more iron. We, yeah, we get, we get wicked. <laughs> yeah, you guys home. are pumping more iron at the jungle. So yeah. <laughs> so the next morning, I'm about to skate away. I'm I gotta fly back here. So I get up at like six or seven in the morning and drive to my buddy's house, the groom, the guy who I was in his wedding. And I go over there to see he and his wife, and we just kind of shake our heads, recanting what had happened during the night. 
and I say, oh, I'm going to get out of here. What are you guys doing? They go, oh, we're about to meet everybody for a brunch. And I'm like, wait, who are you about to meet? And they're like, this person, that person, that everybody person. Everybody who was funny. Everybody who was part of it. It was like, no, I, it, you would have thought nothing. You would have thought it was just a, like the wedding I was at this past Saturday. Sweet, wholesome, not a curse you, word you said. You would think it would not like of, that. A lot of Jesus references during Like you would have thought it was the complete, because that's just how we roll. We'll have it. It's a fight in the. If a fight happens in the moment, you fight like you're fighting to the death. And then when it's over, like everybody's all cool, or they're not. But but in this scenario, they were cool, and it was just the beat goes on like there was Jeez, no problem. You, that makes and, me and, not want to get married. And no one has brought it up since. Like when I when this wedding comes up, it's like oh yeah, they got married. No one goes like, did you hear what happened at this wedding? It's just like oh yeah, they got. That's just that's no, how you no get one, married. No one talks about it. Yeah, those are just weddings back here. That's. How we do it back, it's jumping over the broom. And then you hit someone with the broomstick. I have no idea how I have no idea how you've acclimated to tables full of comedians. Right. From that from those two opposite ends of the spectrums. Right. Now Because how many times have you been with comics and literally we've we've for all the things that like get said amongst the group and get said amongst comics, period, not just probably our group. I don't. I've never seen a, a single punch thrown. It's what drives me the craziest. Yeah, I haven't seen a single punch thrown. No, no, it's just all verbal. I, yeah, I'm glad that no punches are thrown. Yeah, because we can't fight. But the, right, but the liberties that are taken, knowing the other, knowing the world, I know, I like, I just, and I can't throw my life away to teach somebody. <laughs> <laughs> what that world is, but you just want to go. Do you know? how lucky you are to get away with what you just said and you've been doing it for years like yeah it, i'm it's one of the more frustrating things for me is to is to watch and not and not take action is to watch those who well, you're don't never you're typically not, not the middle of any yeah but it, anything but to, like that you just kind of more a mediator just to to watch those who don't know what should get them a punch in the face continuously say those things makes it and and that is that is a comedian circle like there's a yeah. lot especially if you once you get to know the circle very well that's kind of always going on yeah it's always it's, it's taken more patience than anything in my life <laughs> <laughs> to not punch the rest of the comics or to yeah to not do it to not threaten it to not explain what should have been done? Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. That's brutal, man. Mm -hmm. That that's just the way we roll. That's just the way that's we roll. Just, that's just the way it rolls. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I I'm never really inside of the. I never have beef with anybody. But it is nice when all the like when when there's no drama going on. It is nice to be in a spot where a where a fight's not gonna break out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like like even the scary like the quote scary venues out here. Are like, yeah, they're fine. What, what, are you, what are you, what's gonna happen? Yeah, they're fine. I it's, mean, we, we tell jokes on Union yeah, uh, Avenue, it, which is it, like the worst, literally the worst. Yeah, street in Bakersfield. It takes a lot of patience, but it's like it also it's easy to feel really relaxed when you're not involved in something like that. So it's it's good. Yeah, yeah. When you're not like, I haven't been out to a bar here yet where someone will just pluck you out from across the room of like, oh, I'm going to punch that guy tonight. I don't know why yet. 
I'll f- I, I I got a couple hours to find a reason. It, it's hard I'll, to f- it's hard to fight in tight pants. See that happen? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's why it doesn't happen here. <laughs> That's right. It's hard to fight in tight <laughs> pants and uh, toms. I saw a guy working out in a t-shirt that had buttons on it today, and I I just wanted to fight him. I don't know why. You know, I'm actually pretty. Uh, it was it, oh my god! It was like he was working was out one of those a shirt like this. Yeah, yeah it was. It like was a, like a Henley. It was shirt. a short sleeve one like that, and I was I just I want to throw something. At I him. actually get really mad about how what people choose to work out in. Oh yeah, yeah. You're it's specific. like one of my things. Well, I do uh, jersey shorts. You could do a good segment on specific rules you have for things of like what bothers yeah, you. Yeah, well, a lot of things bother me. I know that's, they do. That's, yeah, that's people what think makes me, people that's what think, makes me hard to love. People think I'm the angry guy. <laughs> Um, like I've, I've legit, I legitimately get upset about things and <laughs> Jim closes one of them because it makes me uncomfortable. I got to write down like, what time of the episode this is. I get really upset about things and Jim closes one of them. Well, I mean, like it's one of those things that like, have you ever watched somebody that looks uncomfortable and it makes you feel uncomfortable? Yeah. So that's what happens to me at the gym, and I go to a gym that's ten dollars a month to go to, okay. and you see a lot of really weird. They're a sponsor. You gym attire, mention. yeah. So uh, this is Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness, yeah. It's, and it's really you see. I've seen dudes doing cardio <laughs> in jeans, like full on denim jeans doing right. cardio, and not even wearing like tennis shoes. Yeah, like wearing. Like boots. I mean, not like like you know, like the high tech boots or whatever. Yeah. But like, it just. Well, back home the meatheads don't do cardio. A lot of them, but I've seen like people with jeans and boots working out, like lifting. No, see, I I can't even. That would see drive that. me nuts. Yeah, it would drive me nuts. Like or, like I I don't know. I'm just like a, a jersey jersey shorts and t shirt guy. Right. Uh, like a sports shirt. Not like Alex, like though. You wear underwear underneath. Yeah, them. <laughs> I always have. That's the only time I wear underwear. To the gym. <laughs> Not here. <laughs> Not here. Not here. Uh, but yeah, it, it it makes me feel uncomfortable watching people like work out in you know things they're supposed Street to be gear. going to the to the mall in. You're breaking the rule of your own gym, by the way. It's, you know, it's called the no the judgment the no, the free ju- zone. Yeah, I'm totally judging. Have you ever heard the alarm go off? It's not really a thing shit like as much as people shit on planet fitness it's actually not that bad is it true that they only have dumbbells to 60 pounds here's the thing i've never made it that high up (laughs) 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 not not to uh you know not to demasculate myself but i don't know i stop at like 30 (laughs) is it true that they do not have uh like bench presses they have bench presses they do yeah they have bench presses okay do they have what like forty five pound plates you can put on them or maybe? But you've never heard an alarm. I'm go like off. an elliptical and treadmill guy. Do you go there or do you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I just grab tootsie rolls and then get the That's hell out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got pizza when I walk. I have pizza in, once you know. a month and I just grab some and I live across the street so I just walk it over. Mm. Yeah. Now it's uh, I'm definitely but I'm definitely a rule person. You're a rule follower. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I rule break center. I break all the rules. Yeah. But I just think there's certain ways you conduct yourself. And I That's think true. that uh, like at, at the open mics, I'm the same way. At, at comedy shows, I'm the same way. Right. I just I just think that... The, you, you got a standard yeah, to Yeah, you, you got to, you know, these are my rules and you got to stick to them. Gotta, they're my yeah. rules, of course. And, you know, they're not written in stone anywhere. Nobody actually be. knows, but 
but to me, have you, you ever lose points? Have you been in many weddings? I've only been in about three because I'm not I'm not a good friend to people. <laughs> <laughs> Were you best man at all? Uh, I was best man at my brother's best wedding. Best man, the betterment. Yeah. That's always kind yeah, of a it's always passage. like like the brother. Um, best so man's my brother's a wedding. Tough job. I think I got myself in hot water with another family member, like fa- other family members being a best man in a wedding. What do you mean? Because part of your job as best man is to alleviate the pressure from the groom. Or See, the I don't have any like expectations for for best man no no none good if i had a best i'd just be like i I don't even really believe in a best man yeah it's just just kind of a ceremonial it's just who hands you the ring yeah exactly yeah i'm just gonna choose like four dudes and be like all right let's uh but it's put on a show on their one day if you're best man you gotta you got to step in for some stuff. Yeah, you got to be like the, from my understanding, I've never been, a, I mean, other than my brother's best man, but I mean, like, you got to be like the, make sure this dude doesn't run away, right. make sure everything's on point. And I'm square, so I can't plan a good bachelor party. I know I, I know I See, fucked I don't that like up. doing that stuff. Like, I sucked at that. I know yeah. I screwed that up. Where'd you have it? Like at Gold's Gym? I didn't even have it. <laughs> I just kind of tagged along. We went, no, we went to like a cool beach and all, and He's got an actual cool friend that knows how to do cool shit, so he took us around, thank God. Yeah, but that cool friend is never actually cool. No, he's this guy's cool. Yeah, he's not cool. In <laughs> <laughs> comic circle. Now, yeah, he took us around, and, and I tried my best to hang in and not be a super old man, but of course I was. Like, I barely made it through the night. Just some old shit. So I, so I, knew, I, had to, I knew I had to bring it and... and shoulder my responsibilities during the, the wedding of. yeah and there were some things that like you, there were certain things that they set for their what like certain things you couldn't bring or like don't bring you know no babies or kids because it was going to be an adult oh, thing they had no, okay. and so and I'm but with that but people you know you know how many how often do you read an invite or something like so some people didn't know or whatever and they brought their damn kids anyways. or they were going or you'd have to have that conversation they're like what you don't want me to, oh i can't i can't do but you're like i i can't look at i there's nothing i can do here rules it's just it goes back to rules but on both it's just angst on both sides and you're kind of riding this weird fence of like how do i keep this for not being an yeah. issue and then that just kind of and that's another thing where i'm where i'm from is things just hang like 35 years from now it'll be don't act like you didn't (laughs) don't act like you didn't say i couldn't bring my own wine bottle to the goddamn the that wedding that time it's like i know we just hold on i hold on to things like that yeah That'd totally be me, man. I'd be the one it's that brings me. up the fact it's that me. yeah, that'd I'm be that, me. I'm that guy. Yeah, I'll yeah. go home thinking about it, and like, yeah. I, I'd probably be the one that shows up with the kid too. I show up to kid open mic. Why it's always I, that. Why went, am I not going to take a that? Away? Went fantastic, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it went. It went. It was. I don't know why. I, actually, I know why. A room just shuts it down when a kid's in there. <clears throat> I don't know why. But they do. They they just, they do. Even when you say like, "Hey, it'll be fine." The yeah, kid, it's fine. The kid doesn't even know what we're saying. They're like, "I don't know though." Or they just always point to. Well, I mean, like, there's a couple of comics that get worse. That's true. That are just like, "Hey, don't uh, don't let your mom 
put it in her butt like or whatever right you could say hacker yeah yeah exactly i had had friends bring their kid out to uh an open mic i was like i don't know what they're gonna say it's probably not gonna be great and then was it here was it at tembler it was a tembler okay i'm like oh we'll be we'll be fine look we're used to all the racy stuff and the kid doesn't the kid was too young to know like what was being said anyway hacker gets on stage and goes just just when you get older, I'm going to tell you that make, help you make money easier. Just don't be like me. Just bleach your ass and get into porn. That's the way to do it. it like that was his first 10 seconds. He, he's, a, he's a shock. Cop. And they just they looked at me like, eh. what the hell happened? Yeah. <laughs> but, at, but at Tembler, you can actually hide kids a lot easier than you can at Rocket Shop. That's probably it. There's probably better ways to say that yeah. out there. <laughs> <laughs> like at Rocket Shop, there's kids. Like if a kid shows up, it's like super obvious. The kid's basically on stage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That was Tembler, the thing. Iguanas, <laughs> iguanas, we were all facing each other. <laughs> Yeah. I, what it takes to have a successful iguanas jeez yeah that's over a successful so league. but yeah Tembler, there's some spots in the corners and all that and they have a whole section outside that you can the kid can play games while the things go well on. i've seen people walk in with their kids and then they want walk immediately out once they realize what's actually going on I've back there because you'll get people that kind of poke their heads in that don't know it's a comedy night or what's don't know this it's an about? open mic yeah and they're like oh hey what's that and then like you could see them like uh, it'll happen over on the uh, like just right of the stage. Yeah. And everybody can see them and they're looking at the audience and the guy just, you know, people just look up at the comic <laughs> and they're like, oh, and they just scurry the hell out of there. One of the owners he told me the other day he walked in with his kid. It was in the middle of comedy night and it's Dave. Dave he knows. Yeah. He knows the deal, but he's with one of his I think kids. He told me about that. Oh, he was. Were you there when he said it? Yeah. Well, he was like, "Yeah, I brought my kid, and Hacker was on stage." And well, oh, well, was he's it Hacker. It was me. Oh, oh, maybe it was you. He brought his kid in. It was me, and he's like, "I was like, oh, you remember the whatever show? That's what it that was. That guy yeah. was on stage, and he's like, let's check him out.' And he said they poked their heads in, and I was going like, "I'll, sh- I'll show you my dick, <laughs> but it's gonna be my choice." <laughs> and he's like, "Whoop, let's go. Yeah, let's get out." He of told here. me about that. He's like, "Oh, Chris was on stage, and I was like, oh yeah, he's safe. Like I could take the kid in there. And you just walk in, and you're talking about your dick. What do you expect us to be saying in yeah, there? Exactly. What? Do, that's what happens. That's, that's what it is. Uh, I hate having a like. I hate having to say the word dick on stage. How come? I don't know. I just. I don't think. I, I don't think I've it's said the it in a I long get time. On stage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've said it in a long time on stage. But if I do, it's like a like I'm I'm doing terrible. Like really? I'm, I'm bombing. I'm gonna throw You're a dick reaching. in there. Yeah, I'm You're reaching. Throw your dick in. It's just I don't know. It's just not something I do. I well, I don't think I have any bits about a dick, anyways. Unless I'm like calling a person a dick, but I don't say dick. You don't. You, it's not. It's not your dick. Yeah. Huh. It's one of my rules. It's one of my goals. Oh, you no, have a rule. No, yeah. That's not a rule. I do, do. I do have some joke rules. We should do what? What's number one? If you uh, had to pick it. I don't. I don't do any jokes about race. Okay. So I don't do any race jokes. That's not true. It's for you the do most jokes part. about being Mexican. Eh, it, actually, I do have a Mexican you do bit, jokes about, and you I do, text you, and I said, hey. I have this Mexican bit, and I'm fight. I I'm really fighting not to tell it. Yep. And you're like, oh, do it. And I said, tell uh, it because I want failure. But I, for you. I just uh, I made a list. This was probably when I first got when I first I would say within the first three years of doing comedy. Mm-hmm. And I actually keep this list on my notebook. And you you do an impression of what seems like an Iranian guy at a rental car shop in Vegas. Oh yeah, that's kind of racist. Yeah. 
But I don't. Not I racist. Don't, I don't talk that's just, about race. Not racist. That's just what he sounds yeah, like. It's just a character. And the and the camp at the camp, the white family. That's that counts. Yeah, that kind of counts too. I guess. Talk about race. But I mean, I don't. I don't do jokes that are like the center of the joke is about race. Yeah. I don't do race. I don't do uh, sex, and I don't do. There's one more. I keep it on my. I keep it on my notebook, and, it, and it's politics. Like a, it's like a religion. No, yeah, politics. Okay. It's politics. Uh, no, no sex, no race, no politics. That's yeah. kind of my three things. I mean, I will like dabble on it if I feel like I, if I have a really creative, if I have a really creative take on it. But I don't sit down specifically and think, okay, I'm gonna write this joke about sex, or I'm right. gonna write this joke about politics. Right. Um, that can't be the reason why I sit down to write. Okay. Like it, it's not gonna spawn anything else. I just don't like. I don't like that starting point. Interesting. And uh, I, I keep it actually on my notes. I, I On the very corner of my notebook, it says no jokes about any of those three things. What if you get a real solid idea? Do you flush it out or do you go, it's not for me? It, it depends Text on, me next time you do it. It, it depends on the take. I'll yeah. take it. it, it <laughs> I'll send it your way. Yeah, it depends right. on the take. It has to be, uh, if it's going to be a sex joke, it needs to be smart. And it can't be dirty. Mm. And it needs to be something it has to be like to me if i write a sex joke i can write a hundred of them and one of them will be worth keeping Mm -hmm. uh it's just not something i don't know i just feel like i don't really i don't want to say i don't have an opinion on the matter but i mean like i don't think i can do there's people who do sex jokes and i can't do it better than them so I just, just feel not, like, yeah, it's just not it's just my not thing. what you like doing. Yeah, and I don't want I don't want my biggest laugh of the night to be like this sex joke or this race joke. Yeah, and it's just like to me, it seems cheap. Yeah, if it's like if there's like a couple of things to punch in, even then, it's just not worth it. Yeah, that's that that's a new a new comic thing too. They always want to drift into those those three things. Those three, th- I always want to go in there, and I don't, I don't know what that is that enticing whatever, but. They always try to dive in there, and it usually takes a year or two before they realize it should be another couple of years before yeah. they try. In politics, I just feel like anytime you talk about politics, it, you can easily divide a room. Especially now. Yeah, you can divide a room easily. And there's and so many not, non-jokes being u- where politics is being used. And it's uh, they have expiration dates. So if you have a, a Trump joke, it's like having a Bill Clinton joke in, in the mid-'90s. Right. We're like, yeah, it can be a good joke, but you you can't do that joke now. That's why, yeah, I like using old ones applying to my life as references. Like I've, I've got in one of my bits, I talk about for me growing up from an area where, where uh, ignorance is sometimes celebrated. I talk about being peer pressured to be dumb. Like I would get bullied for knowing things sometimes. And I talk about how I, I talk about how the like the my valedictorian of my school and I and I say that it's it's not that impressive to be the valedictorian of my school and I explain that we were children during the No Child Left Behind program. Yeah, I get to tell a, I get to sneakily tell a George Bush joke because it's about that program. Like it's a but see, I'm with material like that, right? Because it's a part of an era that you're talking about yeah. and it's a part it's part of a of a bigger story right and, and it, it just was, happens to be sprinkled in and it was one of the last time periods where you could still hit those issues now you tell a joke about Trump either you get the laugh you don't want or 
like either you get like a self-righteous laugh and applause break of like it's not what i'm looking for i'm looking to just be yeah. funny or you shut the room down and they just stop listening to you at all or people are going to heckle or people are going to you're going to get somebody that's that's kind yeah. of a, an opposing view from that's right from you know the third row or whatever whatever it is i just I, same I don't thing know. with like a like you you if you tried to do an obama joke it would just seem it would just seem campy yeah and there, and there's not really anything there well like the obama <laughs> I just realized what I was about to say. The Obama administration was a weird time for comedy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because, like, two of the things I won't touch are kind of wrapped up in one thing. So doing... <laughs> <laughs> doing race and doing politics, that whole Obama administration He's was He's all like, wrong, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, they, people were doing race jokes about politics, right? Yeah. And it was just, like, not a good time for me. <laughs> <laughs> that makes good sense yeah that makes yeah. good sense but uh yeah it's Shit, just not the democrats the... always re- bill clinton was before that that's still two things too that's politics true. and sex getting that yeah, old dick go. out mm-hmm. and so those are my three things do you have rules actually people writing? used to say people used to jokingly say he was the first black president he was hitting all three bases of your oh yeah that was like a big comic view thing if you mm-hmm. watch early comic view it's like people want a black president we already got one. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Play saxophone. Yeah. <laughs> She's the closest we gonna get. You shoot a bill, he gonna shoot back. Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> but uh, when I sit down to write, I just those are th- I can't touch those things. I just mm. refuse to. Yeah. So if I ever say dick on stage, it's like I'm really reaching for something. Like I gotta be struggling. Yeah, the politics went away from me just because anything that I had felt like I was trying too hard to be clever. I wrote some of the most cringeworthy shit in my life. Like, and it was it's all politics. Trying, oh God! It was. I remember one time. This is this is early, like six months into comedy. I wrote a bit about like robot presidents and like what that would be like, what that would be like. And I wrote some like 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 campy, witty reference to like what a robot Kennedy would be like. Robot Kennedy would just try to fuck Siri or something. like it was something stupid like that. And I tried it. I tried it at Martinis. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's that's where oh, you they're gonna yeah. That, that's yeah, where you yeah, undo yeah. all your politics. They'll jokes. pick right on up yeah. on that. But the, anything that I've written about politics itself, typically uh, when I look at it, I go, "Am I just trying to be proud of myself? Of like I could write something quirky? Yeah, it or is, is there really something here? Well, I don't even know much about politics as much as like I hate to admit no, any of that. The, I just don't. The care. more I feel like, the more you even look into it, the it does, it's not helping. Yeah. No, I don't want to have an opinion on politics at all. Period. But you better believe I'm right about so, sex. So I'm definitely That's for sure. You I don't, don't even you don't even have a lot of sex jokes. I don't have like sex like banging the stool jokes or anything or like one but but it'll I'll, I'll get it in there. Yeah, as long as it's witty. I'll get it in there. There's there's a few where I'm just like, okay, that's not not yours. I mean just I'm in okay general. with Yeah, I know I know what you mean though. Yeah, yeah, where it's just like, okay, you just want you we'll just, just want to talk it, yeah. Whatever, it's easy. We'll whatever it. It's it takes. Fine. Yeah, it's yeah. You're just struggling for a laugh. Throwing we'll them, throwing them some sugar. Yeah, but I also, I also fight with the fact that having those three things off the table leaves me at a disadvantage because I can't. There's only certain, right? You know, I, if I only stay in these lanes over here, if I even venture that way, it just. I like doing jokes that I consider actually political which is talking about issues and pointing out that it's not that easy 
Like I like to, I'm, I've been working on a bit about guns that will sometimes work the way I want and sometimes not work the way I want of just to go from either side, not as easy as you want it to be and explain it from both sides. I like stuff. I like stuff like that. Diving into, I like going, I know it's cool to say millennials are spoiled, but actually fuck you. And everyone older than you. I'll show you why you guys are the real pieces of because shit. Because you dissect those things. I like that. That's yeah. that's actually political to me. It's not it's not political in the in the standard sense, but it's what politics should be. Is you take issues and actually chop them up and, yeah. and dissect and look them. at them from a logical but that's, point but, of view. Yeah, but that's not what it is. You just look to a person wearing a suit and decide whether he's an asshole or not, and then and then you argue over it for a while. That's not politics, dude. Yeah, I just it's not my thing, man. No. Not my thing at all. Like if you ever if I ever do a political joke, please just pull me off stage. I can you can do Robot Kennedy. I'm not going to use it okay, anymore. Okay, I may take I may <laughs> take that one. I may take that one. But most of it is like kids. Like I also fight with you know, I I try to write about my reality and everything is like kids right now. Right. Everything is me being a dad or me being a fiance or me like Whatever role is consuming my life at the time, that's where I'm going to write from. Right. So it's like if I'm really heavily involved in doing the father thing, doing the fiance thing, doing the brother thing, like whatever whatever it is is going on that's week, like whatever I have to be the most that week, that's where I'm going to write from. That's my favorite part about hanging out with you is, and I'm sure you have this to some degree with me, is I can chronicle what was going on in your life by your bits. By my bits, yeah. yeah. And you know, I mean, we've known each other long enough that you know the lineage of my life, family, relationships, yeah. all those ties of like, you could go like, oh yeah, I remember when that happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, same thing, I could look through some of your bits and go, ooh, I remember that time. Yep. I remember, no one else knows where that time comes from, but I was I was there yeah, when that happened. I remember that. I remember I know, that. I know I where that came from. I was part of that. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I was next door. I was I was, I holding, was sitting at the other I table. was holding his hair when he did that one. <laughs> yeah, there's I was in the Denny's when we came up with that. <laughs> but with that comes jeez, man, like I feel like it's so limited and I I get frustrated sitting down and trying to write sometimes because if I'm not writing about those things, I feel like I'm telling lies. Yeah. Like if I'm like, oh, I'm going to sit down and write uh, in, write this joke about something that's not going on in my life right now, I, I struggle. I know. Like, geez, do I struggle and with And sometimes it. just a new idea doesn't come on, on what's going on in your life. And you're like, man, it's been and it's frustrating. six weeks and I don't yeah, have a new bit. Yeah, it can bit. take weeks to get a new bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have, you know three pages of stuff written down it doesn't mean you you have a new bit right or you write a new bit and it feels so good and you tell it on stage and it even works but i have this i have this right now where i'm i'm thinking about it, kicking it around in my head thinking where does this even really go though like it, i don't do know I this yeah I, I don't have it flushed out and i've told it a couple times and it's worked but i don't feel any closer to having it fluid as a yeah. bit like it's only it's on, it's just waiting to fail right now that that can one thing that gets that I get frustrated with is I'll make observations about the room and those typically go pretty well, and then I get into the bit I want to do that I wrote, and the observations go better than the thing I wrote. Yeah, and then it's like, oh crap, this sucks. But it's really like you don't keep observations. I can't right. go into every like I I think last week at Tumblr I did a thing about 
the ending of Game of Thrones and I mm. did the my daughter was rooting for the dragons thing. Yeah. I just did that to lead into something else that I wanted to write or that I was writing at the time. Right. And everybody liked that <laughs> and then hated the thing I actually wrote. And it was <laughs> like, oh man, like I can't it's tough. But I have to lead in with something like that that's cheap, easy. Oh yeah. And just give it to them really quickly. It's, so I can actually do the stuff I want to do. It's tough. And when you go out to a show for comics you don't know, we've talked about this too many times, so I won't hammer it home, but it's so different when you watch your favorite TV comedian play to a home crowd than for that person to be in a room full of people who don't know who they are and maybe they're a tight crowd or whatever it is and they're just not giving you anything sometimes. Like, I'm looking at... There's people that are, their comedy specials are on TV right now, and I, I don't know them, but I kind of know them, and I'm like, ah, this, <clears throat> this is the f- you're in people's living rooms, like, you don't know this, but for the last couple of years, you've been playing nothing but home games. Even when you think you're playing an away game, even when you think like, oh, I'm at a club. They could be here to see anybody. They could be here to see one of 12 people. Yeah, but if they're there to see one of them, they know you. Yeah. And they're there for comedy, and they're on board. It's not like going to Iron Horse or going to Martinis or going to Tembler sometimes when the crowd's tight. And they, they, didn't, they might decide halfway through they actually didn't want to be at a comedy show. They just wanted to kind of hang out. So now you have your comedy special out, and you're just in everybody's living room. And that you're not a home crowd to everybody. Yeah, and it, and it this, comes out rough. This is the first. This is the first away game. Of someone's just objectively looking at your thing, and like when you see, you see blowback on those all the time. Like even like a, I don't, I've never crossed paths with this guy, but like Judd Apatow, I remember watching his special on comedy or on uh, Netflix, and I watched it. And there were a couple spots that were bright, but then there were a couple spots of like, oh God. And or like Steve O, like anybody, anybody like that who has a special where you're like, this you, I know, you, like you worked a lot, but you worked a lot for home crowds, yeah, and you might not see the glaring things that everyone's gonna see now. Well, I think anybody too who you're more famous for something else, mm-hmm. I I'm always really weary about those yeah. specials. So like Steve O, Steve O isn't isn't a comedian. He didn't. Right. I don't care if he has a Netflix special. I don't care if he's a, if he's selling out the improv. I don't. He's not a comedian to me, nor will he ever be a comedian to me. And the reason why I say that is because he was on Jackass, and he became famous, and that opened up a ton of doors for him, so that he could skip steps, so he can sell out the improv because people know who he is. But people do comedy to just keep their name out there, mm-hmm. right? So like. Stormy Daniels was doing, you know, not to write a political joke. I was going to say that, but, that, poor, that poor girl there. But do, she was selling out improvs, doing comedy. And it's like, you're not a comedian, yeah. right? Steve-O, you're not a comedian. Judd, you're a really great writer and you make amazing movies. You're not a comedian, right? right? Like, and, But people don't care like there's this really there's this really weird line where it's like oh hey it's steve-o he's doing comedy where it's like you can't just go to the nba and be like oh it's steve-o he's shooting free throws tonight like 
it's just even, it's like I, I find it so disrespectful to comedy that it's like no not everybody can do it because you don't actually want to be doing this right. like there's people who genuinely want to be doing this and they're having a hard ass time doing it and they actually respect what they're what they're doing or you know they they respect the craft of it you just want your name out in front of somewhere because you used to be on Jackass or you used to be whatever. And a publicist said, stand-up's hot right yeah, now. Yeah, just do stand-up. And it's like, fine. And it's like, I get so... And, it, and if you love it, I don't think you should be kept away from it and go ahead and do it. But yeah, don't, it's, don't it, do it. It's I'm tough to, Right. <laughs> I'm kidding. But And in, enjoy like enjoy it. But but we know. Like, like Mike Vanderjack, the kicker for the Colts, does stand-up comedy now and he sells out like he might even be selling out theaters and he's probably giving them a great show because they just he's a funny guy like he's a funny by nature guy he's not your typical nfl player i mean he's a punter so he's not your typical NFL isn't that player. another guy is are you sure it's uh nope it's not mike Vanderjack, is it no it's not it's uh he used to kick for the colts i forget the That's guy's right. name he, he writes for barstool sports or That's something right. like that I forgot his name, but that guy. Okay. Whoever he is. But but I know I know what that hour looks like or half hour looks like. But if people enjoy it, you know, no. no. You're letting them off too easy. Well for me them off too easy. For me, it's not like it's not I get it. You don't you don't want to tell people not to enjoy something. It's not taking the opportunity away. I was just saying this to Lexi the other day. It was kind of a revelation of if social media, uh, despite the fact that we're using this, if so, if social media didn't exist, we would be much more successful yeah. because you would have to much more closely stand on your merit. Yep. Like we would be, I, I can't do whatever it takes to get the Twitter followers it takes to from here go do certain places but if if this didn't exist and there would still be some people that kind of back channeled and networked their way onto different spots but if you couldn't skate by on instagram followers and you had to just send a tape or go perform in a spot and audition your way on we would be much further along then now where you have such a dearth of media and there's so many ways to sing your way on to certain stages without necessarily from an X's and O's standpoint earning it. Being the best. Being the best. Or being even close to the best. Right. Like I was saying this, I think when Landon and I recorded, we were talking, he was a wrestler going up. I played basketball. But I said for him, it's not like you had a wrestle-off for a certain weight. If you were, If you wrestled 145... And another kid wanted to be the new starter at 145. Starter. He wanted to be the head person at 145. You guys wrestled each other. Whoever won was in that spot in the weight class now. You would never wrestle that guy. And if you beat him, the coach wouldn't come up to you and go, yeah, but he's got 200,000 Instagram followers. You know, like he's got a presence. People show up to watch him wrestle. We got to do it. But that's kind of how it is now. And uh, I... I think we talked about this on the podcast that got at least a portion that got deleted. Um, And I never thought about this in terms of comedy, but I always said if I were to open a restaurant today, if I were to start start a restaurant, I would be more focused 
on giving people a good place to take a photo yeah and making it look good inside and putting something making it a cool place to be more than food because right. as long as you're a place to have where people want to take a good photo people will show up to your place because you made it get about them right so like comedy for these clubs it's like the same thing where it's like you're not hiring the best chef in this case the best comics you want the guys who people want to take photos with and you got to right? keep the lights on and you got to sell yeah, tickets I, I respect that I, mean, I, I guess i don't like there but they're here interesting thing there have been legitimate people that have kicked around the idea of doing a club a comedy club in town and they contacted me to see to just talk feel it out what that would look like and it wasn't too far down the road of what would happen if you opened one of these things up that the conversation got going to where, all right, well, what would you do on Tuesday night? What would you do on Wednesday night? But, yeah, yeah would you have to do Thunder Down Under? And it, 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 it doesn't take too many steps before you're there. And it's like, ew, God. Yeah, we don't want to be doing that. And that fuck, man. But that's the spot that some of these places are in. Yeah. And that's why you see it. I hate it. I but I, but but I I couldn't see myself doing it. Well, thunder down under because I like candy <laughs> too much. <laughs> I can't see myself doing that because I really like cheesesteaks. <laughs> well, if if you were to blow up, let's say like you did something and it went viral, right? I, Complete accident, not something you strategically way, put out there. Nice touch to the Syrian guy in yeah. saying you don't do race. If you were to blow up, I if you were it. to blow up, I get it, dude. Uh, if you were to blow us up, yeah. Um, if you were to go viral. Because you yelled at somebody at a wedding, because something happened to you at, you know, Walmart, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. People, you became like a viral, catch me outside, like whatever. That girl, sensation. Whoever that girl's publicist is, I need. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, but if you were to blow up because of that, knowing that you do comedy, and then you started getting all kinds of calls from the improv and like different places and they're gonna you're gonna be known as the guy that is the catchy thing that made you viral yeah but it lends itself to a vehicle for you to actually do the kind of comedy you want to do and actually show you know do right. fill rooms and all that how would you feel about it i wouldn't like that that's the way that i was found but i wouldn't i also wouldn't own like i'm the guy who yelled at the wedding guy I couldn't do that so yeah. if that's what they needed if they needed to be like come see the wedding guy but if for some reason that got a following i've put i've put the time in of that real stand-up guilty i put the time into real stand-up that if 300 people in minneapolis wanted to come see me do stand-up i can give them a show they should be out to see yeah. now um but I couldn't. I couldn't be the. I couldn't be the catch me outside dude. I could. I couldn't be the hide your kids, hide your wife, <laughs> guy. But if for some reason I had an incident, like like, perfect example, Bill Burr in Philly. That's not who he is. That's who he was in one moment. But he had been working in the business for like fifteen, twenty years, and and should have been known by then. Yeah. So by the time all that stuff went around, when it came to him, he's like, no, I'm not going to be the guy that fights with audience members. I'm not going to do that. But here's what I am going to do. Here's what I am going to do. Yeah, here's what I am. 
And I know people talk about it like that Philly happened and then he exploded. But I remember going to see him at the Brady Theater in Tulsa, which I think holds his 2,000 seats, and only about eleven to 1,300 people were there. I remember that. And now he could do stadiums if he wanted to. And that was in 2012. Oh, no, he's doing, like, he's yeah. in Germany selling things. Yeah, up. but, I mean, in 2012, he wasn't filling the Brady. Yeah. So people act like that, that viral incident happened. He was anointed a sensation and just exploded from there. Now, he still worked... He worked even more to get where he is now after that happened. Yeah, because actually, I actually heard him talking about that on a podcast. Oh, really? Where he said, yeah, that thing went viral, but also, like, I didn't want to be known for that, and that's just not who I was. Right. Like, in at the time, we didn't know what viral was. Like, I was going to do that regardless. I wasn't trying to make, yeah. like, a, a, like, a scene, so to say. I was just... Uh, that's what I was going to do when I went up there. I decided I was going to give them shit. Right. And it's like, but he said he had to kind of kick it. Like he, people wanted him to do that all the time to different cities. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do comedy. And yeah. he had the chops to actually give them the comedy that they deserved. And it worked out. I got to get, I got to go viral. But I'll tell you what, whoever the publicist is for bad Bobby, she's in every goddamn thing. She's a, she's a rapper now. Every time. Is that the girl's name? Bad Bobby or Barbie, Bad Bobby, Barbie. I don't know her real name. That's the catch. I refuse to read a story on this kid is like 15. This shit's been going on since she's 12 or 13. Like the world crashed down on this girl of like, how can it be like this when she was 13 years old? And every day when I go into my Snapchat, you know how they have like top stories? Yeah, she's on one of them. Every day in like the in like the if I'm looking at 12 stories on like number 8 or 9, there's something that Bad Barbie did and I'm like, "Who the fuck is putting this kid out here so much? If you had that publicist, you'd be a sensation." But it also creeps me out as like, "Why are are we doing?" Yeah, well, she's she seems I don't she seems to have it pretty together for a for a 15-year-old kid that's been in the spotlight the way that she has for the last three years, she seems pretty composed. She's probably in millions off that thing. Oh, without a doubt. But I, I just mean oddly composed in in control of things for, for the situation that was... That got her there. That was, yeah, brought on that. But it's just weird to me that that there's a constant story like that. Even like the, like the Bieber days. It's like, how about we just give this three or four years, five years... Bef- to make sure we're not destroying a kid, <laughs> you know, to He's make destroyed. sure. Let's not, a, yeah, let's not have the next Corey Feldman or Corey Hain on our hands, and just give it a little bit. I actually know a kid. Uh, oh, you do know a famous kid? Yeah, um, I know a kid. Uh, are you gonna go? Are you going yeah, name? I'll, uh, no, I'll talk about it a little bit. But I was, I know a kid. Are you going with the name? Knew a kid. Um, I, I won't say his name. For How the old's sake the kid of, now? Uh, the kid passed away. So, do you know the family? Yeah, like, uh, uh, so I, I okay, I'll, I'll give like a very surface level, yeah, yeah. Uh, thing without saying any names. How old um, was how old was the kid? Uh, twenty three when he when he passed. Oh shit! Oh, you know what? We're we're at one bar right now, and I don't want to lose it. Let me stop this. All right, so and we're back. So he's twenty three when he passed. Twenty three when he passed. Child star. Child star. At, at, at 
probably the age of nine, ten. He was in a, a major motion picture. He played a main character. Uh, also did a lot of TV work. So he was on probably eight to nine sitcoms. Wow. In bit parts. And then he was part of a of a, a sitcom that I believe had two seasons. And <clears throat> he probably hit the age of maybe 16. And, you know, the role stopped coming. And he's he was a really good kid. Yeah. Like so much so like he used to tell me how he would never get tattoos because if it's between you and another guy for a part. Oh, I see. And they have to do extra makeup on you that they're going to go with the guy that they don't have to do that to. Wow. Uh, But also very religious and something just happened, man. Like he just turned after after the I don't want to say after the fame, but definitely Something happened, either he wasn't getting bits and rolls anymore and it got to him, or he finally went to school, like to a public school, because he was homeschooled for a long time because he was trying to do TV and movies, right. and just started hanging with the wrong crowd, uh, got addicted to drugs, and lost his life at 23. Wow. So it's like, but for a while, he was on everything. He was on Jay Leno. He was like a, a guest on Jay Leno, um, and I don't I don't think he was re- like ready to cope with the fact that he wasn't famous anymore. Yeah. Um, so it just stopped. It yeah, and everybody. But the thing is, is everybody in his life still knew him as that kid. So he was like famous everywhere he went. So right. he went to high school, and he was the kid in high school who was in all these movies. And everyone was like, "The like, what happened?" Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like you gotta. I don't know. It's just a sad story, man. Yeah. It's, well, it's it, you can't. Um, I can't imagine what it must be like to grow up with that kind of attention, being told you're that special, and then at your at some of your most formative years when you're especially as a boy, when you're starting to come into your own and starting to like, and then it just shuts off when you're already pretty vulnerable anyway yeah and you're thinking that you're gonna have a career and that this is gonna be what the rest of your life looks like did you keep in touch with them through those yeah like kind of off and on like every now and then just like a facebook message um man and we i I actually did some like extra work for like little production thing that they did here locally oh wow um he's a good kid though man like i never knew him really i knew him more when he was like you know, under 16 yeah. and doing, you know, showing up on things. And like, the, you know, once he started hanging out with other kids in high school and stuff like that, like I, you know, just in general, the per- the person I knew him through, like we weren't really right. connected anymore. Um, but I remember, I remember thinking one day I was going to reach out to him and be like, Hey man, like you should, you should come out and like do, co- like try comedy. Like the for people, an outlet, yeah. Like people would get a kick It'd out be so of so quick to get a half you. hour. Yeah, people would get a kick out of seeing you. Um, and if you're good at it, I mean, you're pretty well connected, right? So like, this could <laughs> potentially turn into something. But not only that, he was very articulate. He was a really deep thinker. So if yeah. that if he could have found a lane in that, like he probably would have been a really good comic because yeah. he wasn't like a typical. Like, at the time I was thinking about reaching out to him, a typical 18, 19-year-old kid. Right. Like, he had seen a lot. He had done a lot. But he was also very intelligent. Like, he 
he used to listen to Frank Sinatra. Like he was just like an old soul kind of a thing. How did the Hollywood thing start for him from here? He just went on an audition and got it? Yeah, his aunt, uh, I think, used to be used to always like go down and audition for things and his aunt who ended up being his manager all like really wanted to become like a movie star or whatever this all sounds tough. and uh what happened was the kid didn't he had parents but he lived with his his parents lived in oklahoma and he lived here in bakersfield with his grandparents who were essentially his legal guardians mm-hmm. and his aunt who was trying to be famous or trying to do bits and parts. And she just kind of took him with her one day and was like, Hey, we should try to get you in some stuff. And it actually started rolling like where he actually got an agent. He was, you know, showing up on things. And then the, her focus became him. Right. And she became his manager. But what I will say from the outside looking in is it was always healthy. Oh, good. Like he had a good support system. Like there was nothing, like was nobody was trying to take him for a ride. His aunt, even though she had was like living kind of vicariously through him, wasn't like creepy at all. She was a good way. person. Like so it was all healthy. Like everything was there. Yeah. But that kind of probably speaks to the fact that like even in ideal circumstances with the ideal environment around you, right. it's still very difficult to cope with that stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just uh you know life i guess right so then what if stand-up saved steve-o's life yeah. <laughs> you still not think he should have a special well i have <laughs> i've thought about myself like i can't imagine i don't want to say coping because uh, it's definitely not that deep but like i i mean i've obviously thought like okay if i don't make it at some point one day it's going to be my last time doing stand-up right. right whether it be for whatever reason like I can't imagine my life without this though. Mm-hmm. Like I like I can't wrap my head around not doing stand up or not having that in my life. And I guess in some way if that was that kid's stand up and it's over. The only, yeah, the only thing is like I can choose to do it still. Right. He can choose to try to do what he was doing, but the end result's different. Right. Um but I have thought, okay, like, how do you make this work in life? Like, how do you make stand-up comedy work? How do I keep this in my life forever and not feel like I'm wasting my life, you know? Like, it's just brutal, man. Like, I, so I, I probably will say cope because I wouldn't know how I would cope if I, if I reached a point where it was like, I have to give this up. I don't know what would make me do that. I don't. Yeah. I don't think there's a single thing in the world that would make me do that, but... I mean, I've thought, it's crossed my mind to think, like, okay. If this doesn't take off, what do I do? Or at what point would I stop showing up? So if I'm 40 and I'm showing up to open mic and it's literally all 20-year-olds and there's just absolutely nothing keeping me around anymore and maybe even comedy's turned like a weird direction that you, I, I'm just not in anymore. You show up and you see everyone roll their eyes. Like, yeah, oh, and it's, yeah, exactly. Like, this guy's oh, here. Oh, no. Here comes Joe, this oh, fucking guy okay. with his rules and his <laughs> okay, <laughs> and his no sex jokes, right? And it's like I've thought about that a lot, man. And that's the thing that I guess I'll kind of cross that bridge when I get to it. But it's something I'm definitely trying to avoid. Yeah, like I need to make something of this before. I can only see one way to do it. Sp- my uh, green screen. 
that's that's the backup plan. That's num- the backup plan. Number one, we go on Doctor Phil and yell at him. Basically. Oh yeah, I gotta go right. Yell I gotta go viral. I gotta like, tell him to cash us out. I gotta do like how about that? Be a bad father on YouTube. What or we call, what can we call you, Bat? Instead of Bad Bobby, we can call you Bad. Like. Heated Jose or something. Heated, yeah, bad, <laughs> bad, bad hobby. Bad hobby. Jeez. Bad, yeah. bad hobby. Yeah, but that, that's. I've thought. Have you ever thought about that? Like, what if you had to walk away from this for whatever reason? I'll kill myself long before that, yeah. so we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna just show up to a wedding, yeah, and just I, be a casualty. I got three more years tops yeah. in me. We uh, we all see it coming. So but even amongst the group, because I think the group is a big part of. Not keeping us around, but I mean, like that synergy that definitely keeping that us around a local, like a local scene can have. Yep, for like, better and worse. Yeah. So, like, imagine showing up and you really aren't connected to anybody there, and you're doing this this open mic every week that you're really not taking anything from. Right. Like, at what point is it like, fuck I, this? I'm not doing it. I like, know. I'm not doing at least this part anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I I'm not. It's for these fucking kids that don't even give a shit. I know. And they could go run their own stuff, you know? There's some days that feel like that, that's for sure. Yeah, I bet, man. I Um, bet. But yeah, you're you're right. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We got to get a publicist. I keep saying, I need a Jerry Maguire. That's what I need. I actually had somebody gave me advice recently, and they're like, look, you just send emails out as somebody else pretending to be your agent. Is that a comic told you to do that? Yeah. Famous one? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Somebody who's doing, but th- apparently it works. Someone who's doing things that you'd like to be doing, though. Uh not necessarily that, but they oh. work in like the back, the back industry. Oh, okay. So like, uh, they do some of the admin tasks for. And what do they do? They say, "I'm representing this person." Here's their headshot and the, uh, some clips. I'm representing this person. Uh, these, this is what we would need to make a show work. Um, let us know. This is our break even, or this is what we'd be asking for, or not asking for, or whatever. I see. So just blanket email out to everybody and get a see, couple bites, see, huh? Yeah, I mean that's yuck. I know, yuck. I know, but but I know it works. But it works. I know it works. And it gets you out in front of two hundred people you never, never. That's why. See we, you. That's why we need Jerry Maguire as someone to handle all that dirty shit. I know. I got. I got to get an agent. Could you imagine? I'd love to do a podcast or a video cast where you just show up, shoot it, and get the hell out of there. Bring a famous comic, actor, performer, whatever, and sit them down and play a taped conversation that their agent had with someone else on their behalf to just hear what that sounds like. Because I've heard some of those talks of like you know booking people and and being part of that process i've heard some of those conversations back and forth and it is there is a reason that the artists with our soft hearts are kept out of those things because it's a it's a much different world oh i bet it's pretty cutthroat Mm -hmm. that's pretty brutal way better than celebrity mean tweets would would be they should yeah they should do that i want to know what uh what is my what does my agent and or booker say on my behalf when they're negotiating for me yeah i've heard some pretty you could just sit there like crazy stuff on before, negotiations or like when you you brought up your uh rick Gutierrez or like somebody like that right you'd love to sit the person down who's kind of a dick and be like let me just play something for you and play the tape of their agent calling somebody and going hey 
I'm sorry, but we need work for this guy. So if you want blank, you're going to have to hire blank. Yeah, exactly. And I just want to go, there you go, asshole. You still feel like you're on... Yeah, you want to know... You still sitting above the rest of the world now? The reason why you're here is because we really wanted Pablo Francisco. (laughs) Yeah. In in nine months. In nine, and, you were, and you're you're the appetizer. We're playing the long game. You're the so overpriced appetizer. Tic tac toe that shit. Why Jeez. don't right. we're gonna have to do a podcast just on that goddamn night? Uh, yeah, we'll bring we'll bring uh, someone else is with. Us. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I, I know I know the feature. You, do, you yeah. sure like do. I think we're friends. We should bring everybody's feature on. I know just, and just uh-huh. annihilate them. All right, we sh- I think we've talked about what we're gonna do for other episodes long enough. Midnight, I think. Is yeah, it, is it it's midnight like 12.30, right yeah. Man, we spent the night Memorial together. Memorial Day podcast. We spent the night together, yeah. Happy Memorial Day, everyone. Until next good time. One. Yeah, straight out the fucking dungeons of rap. Where fake niggas don't make it back. I don't know how to start this. Uh, rappers are lucky, flipping with the funky rhythm. I be kicking, musician, inflicting composition of pain. I'm like Scarface, sniffing cocaine, holding the M16. See, with the pen, I'm extreme. Now, bullet holes left in my peepholes. I'm suited up with street clothes. Hand me a nine and out defeat foes. Y'all know my steelo, with or without the airplay. I keep some E and J, sitting bent up in the stairway. I either on the corner, betting grants with the CeeLo champs. Laughing at base heads, trying to sell some broken amps. G-packs get off quick forever, niggas talk shit Reminiscing about the last time the task force flipped Niggas be running through the block shooting Time to start the revolution, catch a body and for Houston Once they caught us off guard, the Mac-10 was in the grass And I ran like a cheetah with thoughts of an assassin Picked the Mac up, your brothers back up, the Mac spit Lead was hitting niggas, one ran, I made a backflip Heard a few chicks scream, my arms shook, couldn't look Gave another squeeze, heard it click, yo my shit is stuck Tried to cock it, it went and shoot now I'm in danger Finally pulled it back And saw three bullets Caught up in the chamber So now I'm jetting To the building lobby And it was full of children Probably couldn't see As high as I be It's like the game Ain't the same Got younger niggas Pulling the triggers Bringing fame to their name And claim some corners Crews without guns And corners In broad daylight Stick up kids They run up on us Four fives and gauges Max and fat Same niggas That catch you back to back Catching your cracks in black There was a snitch On the block Getting niggas knocked So hold your stats to the coke price drop I know this crackhead who says she gotta smoke nice rock And if it's good, you bring your customers and measurement plots But yo, you gotta slide on a vacation Inside information keeps logs Niggas erasing and they lives facing It drops deep as it does in my breath I never sleep, cause sleep is the cousin of death Beyond the walls of intelligence Life is defined, I think of crime When I'm in a New York state of mind State of mind, state of mind. New York state of mind.